This episode is sponsored by Bigger City. Thank you so much for supporting us and helping our show to grow. to the Big Fat Game Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. That was not very nice, my friend. I'm a super chub with a big booty, <laughs> and today I'm a silly boy. It's, uh, it is episode two of the day. I have my Cafe Bonbon. I was reading a interesting Bigger City profile, and um, I am just, I do have a big booty. I'm saying it today. <laughs> That's right. I often have um, has, feelings of inadequacy about my booty because it's big, but it's not big, big. Oh my God. <laughs> it's big, but you got fucking big. <laughs> <laughs> it's plenty big. It's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it's second episode of the day energy. Hi, my name is Michael Willer. I'm a chubby chaser. I did not think that we were locking in that intro, but apparently this is the one we're going with. So welcome, big booty chubs, small booty chubs, big booty chasers, small booty chasers, everyone else in between. All are welcome. If Cross you got over booty, now. you are in the right place. I'm um, oh, sorry. Imagine... Listeners who, if this is your first episode, oh my. <laughs> welcome. It's chaotic energy today. This is yeah. uh, about 49% more raunchy than we tend to be. Yes. Uh, oh, just 49%. I was going for 69% well, more Well, you have What's a chance to add to it. My name is Don. I am a big booty <laughs> chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood. Um, Don Cock Gobbler Marshall. Oh my God. Oh my there we go. 69%. Oh my God. Only my mother could call me that. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> Look, let's just go whole hog here. Like, why not? I, you know, I will have you know that my booty is the thing that gets the most compliments from the chasers. I can see yeah. why, Don. Why, thank you very much. Don't, you, don't you mean bottom? <laughs> that was a different episode. You're making this certain assumptions about me. But oh, you mean the day. Okay, never yeah. mind. <laughs> Dan, Hi. is it my turn? It's finally? your turn now. Hi. Yes. Am I up? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Are you? Yes. So anyway, uh, hi, Dan Oliverio, <laughs> chubby chaser, author, public speaker, and um, author. Did I say author? Maybe. That too. <laughs> I'm just delirious with all this big bottom talk. And um, so, yeah, I, I'm going to refrain from commenting on- I think that's why. Yeah, I think take us I, a, let's I get out like, of it. I would like to get to a more respectable plateau. We should all adopt British accents. That'll do yes. yes, yes. How very wise. Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone uh, who has supported the show, even in these most chaotic times. <laughs> these trying we, we are- <laughs> Silly oh, and laughing at Jesus, people. Okay, this is the last time we freebase sugar right yeah. before we come. Yeah, this um, is rough. No, thank you to our sponsors, our affiliates, <laughs> our patrons, <laughs> who have just our pulled out. <laughs> yeah, just uh, pull, please, please don't stop supporting us. Um, yeah, thank you, everyone. Um, we have exciting things <laughs> on Patreon, minisodes, um, behind the scenes, um, some peanut butter tastings. Actually, yeah, uh, we, we had a. This. A very fun behind the scenes. Oh, but not your ordinary that. peanut butters. These oh, no. are these are slam these jam are packs with candy. Super calorie potion. Yeah, yeah. You want the sweetest thing you've ever tasted. Mm -hmm. 
and watch the video. And the highest fat content of any candy you've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can see what it is. Yeah. With if you would like to see what portions of our bodies we smeared these various peanut concoctions <laughs> on for the, no. sa- the taste Oh, of Lord. Done. We're moving yeah. away from sex. <laughs> Patreon, people. Patreon. Th- no, but is this no. your Patreon? Feed the beast. <laughs> it's personal Patreon. <laughs> I um, think the, um, the, the chaotic, sexy time... Uh, booty loving energy is perfect to kind of remind people that Valentine's yes. Day is coming up and we are going to have our annual kind of saucy, fun mm-hmm. uh, listener mail driven episode. So please yep. send us your questions. About yeah, our love. Valentine's Day episode depends on your participation. Yes. Right? We need your questions. Sometimes chub chaser relations, dating, sexuality is not all it's cracked up to be. And people have questions. People have dilemmas. People have crossroads. Yep. And yes. for the record, sometimes it is. Everything is cracked up to be <laughs> in all the best possible ways. And we'll so discuss that too. Ask mm-hmm. questions and how to get there and hey, we will get you there. Share stories too. By the way, it yeah. doesn't yeah. have to be yes. a question. Just tell us a story of one of your best sexual encounters or worst, I suppose. But let's keep it positive maybe. Mm-hmm. And then we can talk about it. We can share and other people can enjoy uh, yep. your experience. We can give you the play by play. What went right? What went wrong? <laughs> we can assess your performance. Uh, Michael, take us right on into. Let's get to some uh, kind of culture uh, content. Do we, do we have a podcast today? Well, the music says we do. So we must. I feel like the music is like from Mr. Wizard. and He's in the background or in, in the ethereal plane governing us or guiding us. And now it's time. Whisking us away from chaotic so sexual energy. Our first news story comes from the New York Times, and I feel like it kind of comes from the no shit Sherlock pile. <laughs> I've had the same reaction, mm-hmm. yeah, but it's okay, also it's not just me. Yeah, it, well, it, but it's also still no. It's, it's really about. important. It's important. yeah. It's uh, so in New York Times. Uh, look how targeted weight loss ads can haunt future brides. We've <laughs> we've seen this a hundred times before, where you get targeted weight loss ads based on something you might have said near your phone. Like I'm getting mm. married. Yeah, like I'm getting <laughs> married. And that means weight loss, right? Uh, Bridal boot camp. I mean, it's synonymous. Like that. I mean, it's, it usually is brides, occasionally grooms. But it does mostly happen, brides. but mostly, mostly brides. brides. Um, and it's just, and so the article, on, on the one hand, the article is kind of like, yeah, of course yeah. that happens. But also it's like, oh my God, this happens? But it's, really? But it, I have one of the things I liked about this article is it does go into like, this is not just an annoyance. This is mm-hmm. actually yeah. assault. This is an assault on your self-esteem <clears throat> as you're heading up towards one of the highest pressure days of anybody's lifetime. Everyone's going to be looking at you. I mean, it's, and, and you get so many months, however many months it is until your wedding to worry about what you're going to look like on that day. Mm-hmm. Well, because your wedding of course, it's the most important day of your life. Meaning, you know, you can just die afterwards. Yeah, you're only going to get two or three of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And it's the most, obviously, it's the most important day of your life. It's going to be photographed. And those photographs are not going in some dusty album under a coffee table. Yeah. yeah. They are going all over the internet for strangers to make fun of. Well, and this, mm-hmm. no, this exactly. fucking thing is going to live in your front hallway for the rest no, of your life. No, it's going to live all over the internet. People are going to make commentary on what you look like at your wedding. Yeah. And, and the problem is that, I mean, there's many problems, but one of the problems is that people use the internet as a resource. For instance, if you have a Pinterest and you want to gather um, like a lookbook of what you want your <laughs> wedding to look like, inspirational photos, if you want to do any of that kind of stuff, 
Um, you are giving the internet exactly what it wants. It now knows, hey, you're looking for wedding photos and mm-hmm. inspirations. We're going to tell you why you need to lose weight to fit into your gown. And yep. that's fucked. That's, because even if you are thin, couldn't you be thinner? Could, shouldn't you be thinner? <laughs> it's, I think what's interesting about Wear this moo-moos. is um, <laughs> your wedding. The, the drive of Pinterest is really kind of like a wedding yeah. hub and how Pinterest has really kind of done a lot to like become better and like less toxic in terms of like banning diet ads uh, increasing body diversity. This in- is on Pinterest. And you were mentioning in a different episode, some other stuff that Pinterest was doing to restrict uh, uh, how photos are shared or commented on or resources as you the, search for resources. I, th- I thought it was the kinds of ads they were allowing. No, yeah. it's that. But there's also a thing where if you search as far as diversity and inclusion, if you search for a particular, like if you search for bride, oh, right. yeah. you're so not you're gonna just going to get, get a bunch of white women. You're not going to yeah. get thin white Nordic brides always. You know? Yes. Right. There are other people of other colors, other shapes, other sizes. Yeah. So target being targeted by these ads, by our special events, like that's not new. We know this existed, but this one is a very specific assault on your body image on what should be a very happy day. Well, because it, it, we all know, I hope we all know that, you know, weight loss propaganda is so it gets under your skin. It just, you see one and it just, that's what's on your mind for the rest of the day, unless you're, just numb to it, I guess. Um, and so if you're in a, a place in your life where you're, if you want to be really focused on something that's supposed to be a joyous, memorable occasion, and that is where so much of your time and energy is going to have your, your attention diverted unwillingly over into this thing that you might get, you're getting slimed. Yeah. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what we're talking about um, is, is so just destructive. I think it goes beyond just, you know, your everyday sliming. It's, it's something where you're already in this sort of well, heightened vulnerable state. Well, and I think it's heightened and vulnerable. And I think it is the, you know, they are trying to get you to spend more money because mm-hmm. it is, it's your one chance. It's yeah. this one moment you've been waiting yeah. for your entire life. So spend more on the dress, spend more on the table decorations, spend more on a, you know, this boot camp so you can get the perfect <laughs> dress that you've this already spent more money camp. on. And the, you know, the, the hot dog buffet, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I thought it was interesting. I was like, I, I, you know, never read the comments, but I went to the comments to see like, what are people saying about this? Oh God. And it was people acknowledging like, yeah, like it's terrible, but like the, the money the like the wedding industrial complex is really the story to talk about. Hmm. And I thought that was interesting that people were not like people like, yeah, the the weight loss stuff is terrible, but like really the whole shaking down brides for money is the real problem, which I think is. I true, think, but also I like think separating them is not healthy. Like it's all one issue yeah. there. Another insidious thing about this is while, while their main goal is getting you to spend money, mm-hmm. we all know that, right? They do something else in the process that I, that I am aware of because it happens to me all the time. Mm. When I'm feeling my best and I'm in, and I'm wearing my good clothes and I'm out with people, I think I keep referencing like how I'm supposed to look in the clothes that are sp- like I may be feeling good at first cause I'm wearing my good suit. Right. But I'm because of these ads I've been barded with on how I'm supposed to look in the suit. I am looking at the standard deviations of my body in the suit mm-hmm. I'm wearing. And I'm focusing on that little belly roll or that bulge off the side uh, and thinking about how that makes me look bad to everyone. 
rather than feeling like I am dressed up. I am dressed to the nines. Like I look good. Mm -hmm. I can't appreciate the positive because I'm so focused on the negative. That is the deviation from what I'm supposed to look like. Yeah. It's in the old days when you went to a wedding, it was just everybody in the village and you compared yourself to, you know, everybody in the village and probably only the other men and probably the only other men of your age. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, yeah, one guy looked better than you. So what? But now you compare yourself to everybody else on the internet. Mm. And you guess what? You can't compete. There's always somebody. There's always somebody. And in this case, there's always, you know, a hundred thousand. And, (laughs) and a hundred thousand other people validating the fact that that other person looks better than you. Absolutely. Um, One thing I wanted to point out before we move on was that as as much as uh, Pinterest seems to be doing at least something to try and combat these kinds of things, uh, Facebook slash Instagram slash meta uh, absolutely not. Very aware of, of their of the damage that these ads do. In fact, it's intentional. Um, in 2021, there was a whistleblower that leaked the Facebook papers, and it proved that they not only are they aware of the damage that uh, body shaming weight loss ads do, but it's designed to do that because it elicits the strongest emotional reaction out of people. Mm-hmm. That's the point. That's of these the algorithm. Ads. Yeah. Yeah. And so th- I just wanted to I wanted to string them up a little bit because fuck meta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's like, we know that it does this. It's designed to do this and we're making money. Thank you very much. Yeah, What's the that's, problem? It's the point. That's the system working. Yeah. Anyway. Well, moving on to another topic about making the internet a better place. Yeah. Mm. We're about, yes. we're, well, how, how do we used to put it? We're, it's the cookie. It's the start of bittersweet. Yeah. <laughs> bittersweet episode. A layer of bitter and a layer of sweet. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so this is actually, you know, I, this comes from my mom. Really? You know, uh, Breaking mom, news. Mom, mom, of the, mom of the podcast, um, <laughs> which God, I hope she doesn't listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> if she is, is, she did not make it to this section. Did we, just tell her to the, booty talk. the first three minutes. Um, oh, that's easy. She just did. <laughs> um, she saw this story on, you know, the CBS morning show and she's like, have you heard the song? I have it. Do you want me to play yeah. a little bit of it? All right, have so you heard the I, song? If I Were a Fish, yes, which is currently a big internet hit. It is by Karuk and Olivia Barton. If I were a fish and you caught me, you'd say, look at that fish, shimmering in the sun. Such a rare one, can't believe that you caught one. So that's the, that's the song. Yeah. You may have heard it already. Um, it um, blew up, was all over TikTok. People, you know, with, the, with how the, the TikTok works. People were dancing to the song. People were doing covers. It was really taking things by storm. And they turned the song into a children's book. Which well, and you might want to back up a little bit because why did they even sing that song? One of the creators of the song is fat um, and expressed the, basically the sentiment that, you know, people on the internet are really mean. And I'm one of the people that doesn't, you know, fit in the traditional boxes. And there was a lot of basically getting a lot of hate mail, a lot of like, like, you don't look good. You don't, yeah. Blah, and blah, everything blah, you would expect. Everything you'd expect. Um, and so the, the song was written in the book. The children's book was written yeah, based on the song. Exactly. And, and it is charming. I mean, the, the, the way into this was there is a CBS News uh, video. It's yeah. an interview, uh, which is really good. It's very actually. good. It's it was a good interview. Shockingly insightful on the part of both the, the, hosts, the hosts and the guests. <laughs> yeah, everybody. I think the two insightful things that I love about this interview is one that Kuruk says that that we've never been in an era, in an era where we are a, we are made to compare so much. Mm-hmm. We're always comparing for people we would never even meet, never even see, never even aware of, but now we're competing with them somehow or being compared to them. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was an amazing insight. 
And the other one came from one of the co-hosts talking about how the, why do people, why are people so mean? And he said, I, it could be because people see something in themselves that they can't tolerate mm-hmm. and they hate seeing you be okay with it in yeah. yourself. Yeah. That mirror effect. That mirror effect. I hate it in me. And how dare you be okay with it? Don't you know how terrible it is? Yeah. And it really reinforces that sentiment that we've talked about, which is that it oftentimes, in fact, probably most times is it's just not about you. No, it's about that person and their issues well, I'm and they sorry. spill it out on you. I, I think it's always about any, anytime someone is getting on the internet to yeah. talk about how dare you do that. That is such a terrible thing to do. Guess what? Probably always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you see this with, you know, I would hate, I hate being fat. I can't imagine being fat. That would be terrible. I would shoot myself. Therefore you shouldn't be fat mm-hmm. or, you know, I'm not confident. Oh, look at you being confident. That's so arrogant of you to be confident. You know, it, it there's a lot of that. Yeah. It's, but in this case of this, this interview, the song, the book, it's, it's super feel good. And one of the, one of the comments that I think they had all recognized, one of the top comments was that this is the, uh, this is the daily dose of serotonin that the commenter needs. Like, yeah, it just has this like delightful, lighthearted, feel good vibe. And even it. if you're mm-hmm. not interested in the politics around it or the interview itself, this song, watching the two of them sing the song with each other was a very sweet little performance. Yeah. Two people on a couch who are friends singing mm-hmm. with each other. And it's very lovely. And the book I think would be great is, a, is something to, you know, start teaching your kids. Yeah. Uh, the, the book, I lo- just love the, the final kind of like two pages mm-hmm. of this huge spread of just like people of all different shapes, sizes, ages, colors, just like it is such a beautiful little. There's a you spread. in there somewhere. In the <laughs> I thought I was just, what? I just turned to look at it because I thought Michael was talking to me. I <laughs> <laughs> like, specifically, I'm like, there's a um, me. <laughs> no, a you, a you, a female <laughs> sheep. <laughs> this is this is I getting. I don't see a sheep in there, fans. but I do think I see an eagle. Oh, oh yes, ten. Let's get out of it. <sighs> Pull the ripcord. Welcome to Fat Watch, Watch twenty twenty four. We're flying. We're soaring. We're crashing. <laughs> Big booty cheeks clapping in the, in the wind. <laughs> and uh, this is so we are. Going from weddings back in time, mm. turning back the clock to when you were fat shamed as a baby, <laughs> <laughs> which is such. I, so this story, I had mixed feelings about this story. I thought I it was interesting. Too. Well, it I, goes places. Yeah, it's not just about that. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I mean, it starts with an anecdote about uh, a woman uh, carting her 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 kid around, b- newborn. I think a newborn, or at least a baby. Randy darn, she, the, the the kid's in a perambulator. So yeah, um, and and having an interaction with a neighbor, and he says something about the kid. I don't remember. And he, he says he looks at the kid and he says, "Ooh, filet mignon," which is really weird. It's a bit. I mean, there's that thing well, of like, "Oh, I could eat you." Everybody up wants and, to eat babies. It's I don't thing. know what it is. Yeah, well, and grabbing the. Uh, like the that. thigh of the baby. So this is a neighbor, but they don't, that's all they, they know each know other each from other. is like passing each other on the street every yeah. so often. And the guy reaches into the pram and like squeezes or like, as if he's yeah. inspecting the meat of the filet mignon. Yeah, yeah. Which you, as one does. And the mother is like becoming increasingly uncomfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the point, I, there's many points to this because it doesn't just uh, linger on that kind of interaction. It, it really branches out into um, how we treat kids, not just babies, but kids, toddlers, preschoolers, uh, you know, mm. up yeah. to certain ages. And it, it points at how early these kinds of comments start. 
And it starts before yeah. the kid's even aware of what language is yeah. and goes from there. This is why we get such ingrained. It just continues. Yeah, and it continues. Yeah. And yeah, so the point so, in terms yeah. of when the child is a baby, it's not about the kid. It's about the mother. Yeah. It's about how the mother has to handle these kinds of moments. And it's not just about the kid's weight. There's a lot of times like. Well, it, it will be the kid's problem. Yeah, eventually. Because there are studies that show that by the age of six, there's a, there's a very famous study where they show six-year-olds different pictures of different kinds of kids. And they say, you know, which one of these would you like to be friends with? Which one of these would you like to be friends with? Who, you know, who among this crowd would you like to be friends with? And the fat kid is chose dead last over kids of different races, over kids in the wheelchair, over the kid on crutches, over the deformed kid. The fat kid is picked last as who they'd like to be friends with. And that's at six years old. So you say, you know, it's, it, you're right. It is the mother's issue to k- wrangle with it then. When, in, the, in the moment. In that moment. Mm, yeah. But yeah, it's going to become the kid's problem real soon. Yeah. I mean, I know that it's, I think it's so interesting when, you know, there is the talk of like, oh my God, the beat, look, look at those rolls. Look at them. Like, mm-hmm. just the like obsession over, <laughs> it still happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like the, you know, the fat baby, fat toddler of like, oh, look how perfect and fat this baby is. Yeah. And then you take that same kid and they're a fat, you know, eight year old, 10 year old, whatever. And it is a completely different situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it is this like, I think it's always weird for the, um, the, the mind fuck of like, oh, you were such a fat, cute baby. Right. And then it's like, okay, well that was okay then, but now it's wrong. And yeah. It's, you know, I, I am maintaining the it, same kind of body, but it is, it is unacceptable now. And, and the fact that it is so acceptable to make those comments that the, mm-hmm. that the essentially kids are the last, you know, group of people that it's just like, okay to make these comments about. Well, because them. they don't really understand, Michael. <laughs> they must not. So let's, let's, let's not ignore the fact that at that age, it's intended positively. Well, or it's intended as guidance, you know, the same way you can, for the same reason you can hit a kid, but you can't hit an adult. You can say horrible, mean things to a kid that you would never say to an adult or you get it. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's actually. hmm. Uh, There's something else I want to wrangle with in this article, which is the, the headline is a bit explosive, which is like a stranger fat shamed my child. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not really dealt with in the article unless I'm missing something. There is one point where the woman, a woman says like, you know, a woman came up to my baby and, and said that it was chubby. That's not fat shaming. Your kid's chubby. That's okay. Yeah. It's okay to have a chubby kid. Yeah. It's okay to have a chubby adult. That's not fat shaming. Uh, so there's, I think sometimes, as is pointed out in the article later on, sometimes it's internalized fat phobia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, <laughs> it's the mom dealing with how terrible it would be to be chubby. Well, and that's kind of my point is that when that happens for the mom, unless the mom is really enlightened and maybe reads yep. an article like this, which ends with suggestions, mm-hmm. that mom is going to internalize it and spit it back out which on the kid can, as they raise. The- I can attest to that was my childhood experience. Yep. People would yeah. comment on my fatness as a child. My mom was horrified by it. And reacted accordingly. Yeah. yeah. And guess what you learn from that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> was being dragged to Weight Watchers at age 10. Yeah. You know, like so common. <sighs> well, I mean, I, I was leading a seminar for uh, adults and teachers uh, who were taken care of. I mean, in the sense of like they were in charge of, you know, the kids who might be fat. And one of the participants is a mother of two fat teens. One of them is younger. And the younger one, you know, came home one day and said like, 
you know, mommy, the kids at school called me fat. Am I fat? And mom said, she volunteered this. Oh, honey, you're not fat. You're beautiful. Yeah. And that's the same as, you know, my kid isn't chubby. He's beautiful. (laughs) Right. Um, And it's like, no, that's, that's the problem right there. Your kid is chubby and that's fine. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe and even chubby beautiful. can yeah. be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, it, by dividing the two, you cannot be one while you are the other. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's what I said to the woman in the seminar. I said, why don't you try, instead of saying, oh, honey, you're not fat, you're beautiful. Try saying, yes, honey, you're fat and you're beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a, verbiage wise, it's a simple change, but the meaning is completely different. Completely mm-hmm. different. And, and uh, a, in an important way. But I think this is just like, once again, a great thing to send to you know, the parents in your lives, the new parents, the parents to be, because I think it is just a good way to lay a track of healthy behaviors for both parent and child. Yeah. They literally have that. The second half of the article is suggestions for parents on how to counteract the, that kind of um, external and internal, uh, you know, body shaping and fat phobia, mm-hmm. things like don't restrict foods. Um you know, build resilience and self-esteem. Like it's, it's generally just good parenting advice, but you can have it all condensed in one place. Talk to your child's teacher. Like they have a whole section about how, you know, kids in school interact with each other and what teachers can do to try and, you know, for instance, like nobody wants to play with the fat kid. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what can a teacher do to encourage group play or, you know, every kid playing with every other kid, which in this case, it was a suggestion was like, no kid can say no to I want to play with you. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just straight up reject somebody. We're, we're slingshotting you back from you. You were a bride. Yeah. Then you were a baby. And, and then now you're, baby you're, and, you're flinging back <laughs> forward in time. And welcome to our main topic <laughs> into, yes, for the day. Into your older ages. Mm, yes. Um, so we, this is something we've talked about a few times behind the scenes as a subject we wanted to tackle, which is essentially um, age in the tub chase community, aging, getting older, maybe aging out of, um, what you feel might be your prime in, in terms of dating and relationships. Um, I had a really good conversation uh, with a, a user on Bigger City. So his experience in the Chub Chaser community dating as an older person um, was to feel kind of fetishized and, and put into this weird little category, kind of in his observation. And we wanted to talk about just that experience. And, and maybe even part of it is, you know, as you get older, gaining weight and, you know, the difference in the change in your body over time. And, and there's just so many things wrapped up in it. There are going to be a lot of people. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this topic because my father kept coming at me. My father, who has never listened to our podcast ever, kept coming to me and saying, you need to put me on your podcast. Oh, I love it. Because. <laughs> really? Because uh, I have I, things to teach you. Well, no, because now my father is older. Uh, he has diabetes now and he's been taking uh, uh, insulin which has given him a diabetes belly, right? And the thing that he keeps saying, he claims he's never had a belly in his life. He's had a belly (laughs) since I was born. He's always had a belly. But didn't you say like he, how he knows himself is as a teenage athlete? He knows himself as a teenage athlete. That has always been the way he's seen himself. But I think my father's experience of entering the fat community at an older age is far from unique. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to have a lot of people who discover, wait, I'm gay. I'm single again, and now I'm fat and, right. and older, and oh my God, it's a whole new world. And right? so you're discovering, da- in, in, in our case, where you're discovering dating at the same time as you're realizing, wait, I'm, I'm in a, a different category than I've ever been before. Yeah. This is, this well, is and I think it's worth saying, it, it, for people who have a lot of trouble with it, it's probably a category 
that would have repulsed them yes. when they were dating last time. Right. My father is very much right. in that category of like, he has never been pro my body. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden at age 80, he's like, people need to understand how hard it is to be fat. I'm like, oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad we got there in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's funny is he's still talking about himself. He's that's never included. And it's not about you. It's not about you. Yeah. Of course, of course it's been a problem for you, but I mean, but for me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But I, I think what's, what's crucial here in the, in the getting older is you're in a new space. Yeah. And if you haven't dated in a long time, there's like, Oh, you, if, if you're a chub or a chaser, you probably are going to want to date online. Mm-hmm. You're cause you know, yes, your friend might know one other fat person and I'm sure they don't know any chasers because yeah, most chasers, most wouldn't, chasers wouldn't come out to them. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, you like fat guys. Oh my God. You like fat guys. You know, I know a fat guy yeah. and it's uh, going to be that. Yeah. So you're probably going to end up on a site like bigger city or, or um, chaseable or something like that. And so you got to navigate that. And then there's a whole protocol for that because who, the, the rules of engagement are completely yeah. different. Yeah. Especially from, you know, 15, 25 years ago, like oh, hell, it doesn't five even years apply. Ago. <laughs> none of that, yeah. none of what yeah. you knew about dating applies anymore. It's it, all gone. In the most, for the most part. But I really like, I want to talk about the other thing that is, you know, you were thin when you got into your relationship 20 or 30 years ago. Now you're much older you are fatter, you are a fat daddy, you are, and you're, you're this category. Yeah. And not only you mm-hmm. a category that you don't understand, but you are a category that when you were starting to date would have actively repulsed you. That is often the, and I'm not saying that's everybody. I'm just saying that the people who have the most trouble with this transition are the people who discover they are now in a category that they despise. I'm going to flip that a little bit too, because there is another option to this. Yeah. where as I got older mm. and I moved into this sort of graying space where I think, I, I think I'm firmly in my daddy years now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I suddenly started getting way more popular Absolutely. with people that would never have looked at me twice yep. mm-hmm. when I was younger. And I thought, I thought for my, for my, I agree with you. Attractive, mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I, I suddenly like I'm actually in demand by guys in their twenties and thirties. I could never find a guy in their twenties or thirties so, when I was. Well, and I'm one of those people like I never would have dated me. When I was was young, absolutely not. I think there's, you know, there's kind of two things happening here. There's on the one hand, what Don's pointing to is like, it's not that you don't have options. Yeah. Like you're, you're in a category. Sure. And people are, people who are believing categories are going to see you there. And that's great because now that you you're open to a a whole host of new people who are interested in you. The problem is dealing with that interest because of how it reflects on you. Like what you think about yourself. It's you dealing with your label. Exactly. So Coming but also, to but terms also with it. it is a new type of attention yeah. that oh, you yeah. may not be prepared for. Almost certainly you not know, prepared mm-hmm. for, especially if you've been in a relationship. We've talked about in the past the difficulties of being a fat man who is not necessarily attracted to your own body, having to deal with someone who is voraciously attracted to your body. Yeah. Right? Now we're going to have to talk a sec on the same <laughs> thing for older, for being in and, an older <laughs> body where someone is now voraciously attracted to me. Or things that I don't understand. And that's a good word because I think, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I suspect that chasers are very indelicate about mm. that kind of attraction. Oh, oh usually that word very in, No, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Voraciously attractive. Like, how do you handle that when somebody's coming at you w- with, with all of this energy yeah. and all of this intent? Especially when they're using words like daddy, that yeah. that's not part of my self-image yet. Like, right. that, it, I, I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking of the, like, 
older, like formerly married, straight, bearish guy. Yeah. Who like maybe has kids. Mm. Who like has the sexual awakening and comes in. Who actually had kids call him daddy. Yeah. Yeah. And has, you know, has that little, like one of those hyper twinks. At you know, bigger, bigger Vegas 2025, it's coming, baby. Um, yeah, launching it, you're like, Daddy, <laughs> and just the like, Oh, <laughs> um, no. I don't know. I mean, it's so interesting because I think there is it is a journey to get there, but when you can embrace it, yeah, yeah. the power you have that, that's kind of what I was trying to say. You will harness. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was talking to a, a really good friend of mine, um. Oh, a little while ago. And I, but I was making the same point because, you know, he's he was you know, trying to figure out like dating and blah, blah, blah. He's got other things to worry about. And I was like, you know, if if you get to this point, like you, you know, he's a chub. He's in his 50s. Um, you know, he's got some facial hair like you like if you can get around to it, you are a hot commodity. Like you, as Trevor was saying, like if you can get to that point of owning it, man, you will clean up. You'll have your your pick of the letter. Um, in his, in his case. And so I think, you know, that may not always be true, but that, you know, these are options in front of you now. I will going to say, I am going to say though, as you get older, you need to reassess your styles and the way you present yourself. Cause if you keep presenting yourself as like, I still do, I'm I'm still dressing the way I did in my twenties and thirties. One of the things I want to do this year is update my wardrobe Mm. to be more age appropriate is the wrong word, but Mm. You want to be to market who I am. Yeah. I, I, I think to, you know? to express yourself better. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like I express myself fine, but I, I want to be, I want to present myself. I want to present the package in a more um, crowd pleasing <laughs> form, I guess. <laughs> well, I and it's, well, it's, it's part there. of getting in <laughs> touch. Like, you, you know, as people, we are naturally changing whether we like it or not. And if your identity is sort of updating as you get older, it's kind of a, a process of getting back in yeah. touch with who you are. Well, and like the schlubby t-shirt and jeans that work so well for you in your thirties may not be attractive at all for a gentleman in his fifties. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's time, you know, you have to reassess who you are occasionally throughout your lifetime. Yeah. So, so can we talk about the chasers? Yeah. Cause there's a lot of, there's, you know, and as an aging chaser, I can tell you, there's also things your body's going to change. You you know, the older you get, the more younger chasers there are that you are also, you know, standing next to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you are no longer, guess what? You are no longer the hottest, leanest, handsomest guy in the room. That's mm-hmm. just, you know, if, even if you, you know, if, as if you ever were. But, you know, the thing is that you're not, a lot of the, a lot of young hot chasers have had to contend with the fact that as they get older, it's not just obvious why a chub should get with them. I mean, look. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And so, the <laughs> chasers, I got news for you. As If you haven't already, and you should have already, you have to have more to offer a chub than just you look good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> please. Please have no, Read a book. No, no, chasers. <laughs> I swear to you, chasers really think that's enough. Yeah. They really do for a bunch of ugly and terrible reasons. And, you know, like I said, it's not unique to chasers. A lot of men just do that. Like, yeah. I look like this. Why wouldn't you want to get with this? And, <laughs> and I, I think, hate it, but we've already had the but, but But just to finish the point, if you're going to, if you want to be, if you want to play that game in your head, like, well, why would you get with me? What am I going to bring to the table? Well, maybe, hopefully, you have better technique 
Have you developed your technique? Experience. Have you learned anything? Mm-hmm. Well, there better be something in the experience because experience. if you've just done the same thing for 30 years, yeah. that's not necessarily better to experience. I hate to confess it, but I've been with a couple like lovely older chasers who were very handsome and were the worst people in the sack I've ever been yeah. with. <laughs> Had no idea what the hell they were yeah. doing. And oh, I didn't no. want to go back for well, seconds. Well, I mean, there is, there is, um, <laughs> there are a couple of truisms in the chub chaser community. And one of them is like the handsomer the chaser, the poorer their technique. I have noticed that. Yeah. It's really weird. Well, because they haven't had to develop it. Can I, well, the, so I have a question about this. If you are with a hot chaser who sucks in bed, how is that hot chaser ever supposed to learn that they suck in bed unless somebody tells them? Yep. Because let's be, let's be, let's be honest. The only reason he's in the bed in the first place is because you invited him because he looks so damn good. Mm-hmm. That's right. why so, he's there. So that's, that's <laughs> my point is, you know, not to put everything back on the chub, <laughs> but just that there needs to be some kind of dialogue here. There, the chaser doesn't I'll, know I'll be honest, to change. I've, I've multiple occasions. I've been with these guys and been like, I'd really like it if you did this. Yeah. And you go like, uh, no. And that's on him. We're not coming back and, again. And now you know, because they're, if they don't have the introspection to understand that yep. they can improve. Then they're, they're, you know, that's kind of a garbage person. And I'll be honest, a good lover doesn't entirely need to be told. A good lover is going to be paying attention. Yeah, I was going to say, usually if and they- I can't tell you how many chasers I've been with that are not paying attention to what the other person is There doing. is also a point where there is so much going on that is wrong, <laughs> where it's like, you don't even, like, I, I, I had a reason to was like, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I just, yeah. like, if I was doing, yeah. like, an exit interview, I would just like, okay, well, I, like. <laughs> I don't think he wanted to be brew, there. Brew some coffee because we have to a lot to hash out because it's like there's a point where it's like I don't even really know where to begin and like this is someone else's problem. It just, okay, so it uh, yes, it just makes me think of the <laughs> the bubble episode of Thirty Rock where it, oh wait, it reminds you of what <laughs> uh, the bubble episode of Thirty Rock where you know it's he's the really handsome oblivious guy that Liz is dating and she takes it upon herself to pop his bubble and say, look, you're terrible at some things. And, and do you, would you like to improve? And it doesn't go well, but the point is like, it points that I think a real phenomenon that we're touching on, which is that people can be completely oblivious. Yeah. And as Don has tried, you have to let them know, but otherwise I, they're never going to know. But I think what I am talking about is like there, like if I, you were to try to attempt to burst that bubble, they are not equipped for that yet. They, I think, they either, but how do they get equipped? Um, I think they need to fail a bunch of times and <laughs> run into no, walls. And yeah, I don't. Well, I, I agree that that is one method. That like, is one method. And there I'm not people, saying it's be great. I'm just saying I think there's some people where it's like that's going to be the way it goes. Because yeah, yeah I, I think you, you, what you did, Don, is is really great. The other, the other thing to do is usually if it gets to the point where you have to instruct them, it's not hot for anybody. No, at that point, everything's failed. Well, it's recoverable. It is recoverable, but things have really broken down because as you say, Don, they stopped listening long ago. Yeah. And, but as you point out also, Michael, that they may not know they're not listening because they have their thing they do. Right. Right. And it's fine if you have your thing. Lord knows I have things I do. But you gotta listen. You gotta see how it's landing. It's mm-hmm. like if you're if you're a stand-up comedian and you have a routine and you've got your ten minutes set, it's not like you just deliver it regardless of the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to adapt. You have to see what's working. What kind of crowd you're with. And so the reason why this is important is because as you're getting older, as a chaser or a chub, you should have been learning from these experiences and making you a better partner to whoever you are with, sexually or socially or 
intellectually. That is supposed to be one of the benefits of being with someone that is of a greater age than you. Yes. Or, or, and, but you don't get there unless you do the work. You, there's, there's also something else that you discover as a chaser or as a chub or as a human being. You learn what you like and what you need. So yeah. you're like, if, if I'm in bed with a guy and I, and he doesn't like something or the other way around, I don't like something. Like he really wants me to do X. I really don't want to do X. Can I do X? Yeah, but it bores the shit out of me. I can, I, I have learned into with experience. I can screen for that ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Because I know the the precursors to getting there, like okay. let, like let's say you're not into anal. Mm-hmm. Well, if you if you tell someone, you know, if if you tell someone, I'm oh I'm I'm sorry, I'm not. I know you invited me here to fuck you, but I'm not going to fuck you. For a lot of people, that's like, well, why are we even here? Yeah, right. Because right. that's the whole point of the encounter is if you don't put a dick up my ass, why are you failure? failure. And if you've gotten to <laughs> if it's gotten to that point, then something's broken down ahead and, of time. And when I, and you know when I was young and foolish, I didn't understand that that was the goal, that was the end game for a lot of men yeah. was to get fucked and to specifically have me fuck them. Mm-hmm. And I, so I learned to develop filters that I could sense. Or I would just say, by the way, X, Y, and Z are, are, are or are not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be okay? Or should we just stop this now while we're still typing at each other online? Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's just good communication. Yes. But it's, it's also taking the load off the encounter because encounters tend to be so yeah. high stakes and especially for chubs and chasers because we're in a, we, we operate in a stigmatized environment being fat or yeah. being attracted to fat is stigmatized. And so we tend to put off communication because we're afraid of the answer. Mm-hmm. And then the encounter, I mean, there's such a high, you, people, you know, you get flaked on, you're a chub, you get flaked on, you're a chaser, you get flaked on. You can lower that if you take care of some of these insecurities ahead of time, some of yeah. these unanswered questions ahead of time. So I think maybe the last thing I want to brush on before we move on to the next thing is, you know, if somebody's been out of the dating scene for a long time, they've gotten older, they're in a category they don't either don't like or don't know what to do with, you know, what has changed? What is, what are the most important things to know now about how to date in this world? Do we, maybe, I don't know. Do we each have like a tip we could give somebody? Um, um, I would say if you haven't put a new picture up in over a year, update, update, your, picture, update your picture. I would say even maybe if, I would look at the range of your pictures mm-hmm. um, and maybe just get rid of some of the older ones. Oh, if you like, if you I would a, say if maybe yeah. like your hair, like, cause I, with a lot of older guys, it's like the range of pictures where it's like, you do not look like that at all anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But it was a really good picture of me 30 years ago. Like I think it's, or, it's, or it's, even five years ago or five years, years ago. ago. Like, and, yeah. and, and yes, you have other recent pictures, but all that's going to communicate is, wow, you looked a lot better then. And I don't care how good the picture looks. If it doesn't look like you, we're going to have an issue when we show up. Yeah, that's because mm. it's, it's a lie, oh, essentially, oh, oh. even if it's accidental. I've done this. I've done this in my head. I'm looking at these pictures. And as Trevor says, there's, the range is a little too wide here. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like, which one is the recent one? Which mm-hmm. one is the yeah. guy who's going to show up? Because I like, I would have sex with that guy, but I would not have sex with that guy. Mm. <laughs> and um, I don't know what I'm going to get. Yeah. I think also just like, I think, a, I, I, you know, people want different levels of sauciness. They're comfortable with different levels of yeah. sauciness. Mm-hmm. But like, would you put this picture up on Facebook? Would you be fine with this picture if you go missing being your picture on the news? Because <laughs> there are some just like people like it's I, they're like, okay, I put a picture up. It's fine. 
Like no, oh, it's not like God it, damn it. Don't some, get me like, started on that. Ter- a lot of terrible pictures. You need a good picture. Mm-hmm. So what I think to sum up what everyone's talking about here, it's be online proficient. Yes. If you're older and you're stepping into well, the dating scene, take a moment to actually assess what is a good ad. How do you make one? And, and the way you learn that is you look at other people's ads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, my, my advice might be, you know, I think there is a wide spectrum of what people are looking at, looking for on bigger city. Um, they might, somebody might be looking for, you know, I want a long-term partner and I'm going to date traditionally until I find them. Uh, that's probably rare, but that exists. That's not impossible to find. Oh, I think that's, um, I think it's, it's, it's quite ample out there. Yeah. And so there are people like that. So, and I think a lot of people who find it difficult to date online have an opinion that is, you know, those people are hard to find. Well, they're out there, so don't give up. And, uh, my personal tip would be, you know, have a bio, um, be forthcoming and honest on it, but don't make it a novel. That's, that's my take. I don't know if you guys agree with that. I mean, like, <laughs> Two paragraphs, I think, is fine. I, I don't think it's about length. I think it's about content. Like in a movie, like people are saying, oh, two hours is too long for a movie. Well, not if it's a good movie. Okay. So I, I don't have a thing about length. I have a thing about things to avoid. And actually, I, I feel like I'm stealing this from somebody on Tumblr who just talked about, because um, he's a fat guy looking for a fit woman. Okay. And he's straight, obviously. And he, you know, he had, someone said like, my God, how did you, how did you get, you know, how do you get women to date you? And he's like, this is what you don't do on your profile. And it's genius. He's like, don't go on and on and on in your posts, like in a bio, about how lonely you are. Mm-hmm. Don't go on and on and on about how the, the, all the different people you don't want to meet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the behaviors you don't want to see. Or the see. behaviors you don't want to see. Uh, don't go on and on and on about how you're desperate to find your soulmate. The, the sad sack person. It's really, because all of them point back to you've been used and abused. and. It's not that, you know, people are, think you're bad and wrong, but people are like, I don't want to interact with, I don't want to first I, date with that. I see a lot of ads that, like that on Bigger City from both Chubbs But and I'm just Chasers. telling the truth. No, yeah. you're so putting people your, off. Your bio is a preview of what hanging out with you will be like. Yeah. Is that what hanging out with you is going to be yeah. like? And yeah. And so if, if that's what I'm anticipating being, you know, if I go on a date with you, I'm going to expect something like what you wrote in your bio. Yeah. And that says a lot. And by the way, those things I'm quoting came from a fat guy who was looking to date. Mm-hmm. And actually he did have a lot of stuff that was like really whiny and really like, I'm all alone and this is terrible and life's and this is, and dating sucks. He had a lot of that stuff and guess what? It didn't work. It attracted no one. Mm. And then he stopped doing that and turned it around a little bit. And guess what? Now he's dating. Nice. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let, let's get follow-ups from people. If you, if you have any, uh, I don't know, thoughts, opinions, uh, additional advice, anything like that, uh, let us know. We'll have the social media and contact info at the end of the episode. Mm. Or oh, especially if you are maybe you're a young guy looking for an older guy, uh, what do you like to see in an older profile? Yeah. 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 Great question. Uh, tip. We, have a we tip do today. have a tip. Yeah. So maybe um, like Don, you are looking for a doctor to, <laughs> you know, to check things out. To put vinegar you want, up your butt. Yeah. Uh, you want a fat friendly doctor. Um, there is like a crowdsourced list of fat friendly doctors Ooh. that has been curated by uh, Mary Lambert, ah. uh, past feature of the podcast. Um, it is 
mostly, you know, fat people sharing their fat friendly doctors. These are, um, it's pretty in, comprehensive. It's in the United States or is this, I think it is mainly United States, but let me actually just pull it up real quick. Well, and it's crowdsourced. So if you are, if you have a great doctor and you're fat and you'd like to put your doctor's name on the list, please do because, yeah. you know, people are always looking for resources, underserved areas like Europe, Mm. <laughs> where you don't have a lot of fat friendly doctors. Um, my, partner, uh, England. <laughs> my partner, Michael has the most amazing, I don't know if it's luck or if he just like does his research, but he always finds good doctors because we've moved a couple times now. Um, yeah. uh, so there's three ca- uh, categories in this. Um, it's a Google doc uh, spreadsheet. Um, U.S. primary care, U.S. specialists and an international tab. Nice. Um, so there's uh, the international tab has a, uh, Africa, Australia, Canada, Mexico, Venezuela, Austria, the UK, Netherlands, Poland, Ireland, France, Germany, Sweden, Switzerland, Belgium, China, Singapore, Thailand. Yeah, add to them. Add to them. Make it. This is a fantastic resource. This is one of the most sort of like this is why fat people don't get the health care they need is because you you don't have access to good doctors. Mm -hmm. So this is really, really helpful. All right. Uh, Bitland. Bitland, Bitland. Well, today I just wanted to bring into like a little mini conversation. Um, since we're talking about aging, and that's something we all have experience with, as you have aged, um, I believe all of us here were alive in the year 2014, 10 years ago. So how many is, is that? What is a compliment your 2014 self would give to you now in hmm. 2024? That's good. What is, what Horrible, is something that you see a positive growth in yourself you that you would, you would admire? How is this like meeting for the first time kind of thing? And like a, an initial compliment, I mean, or is this but, like, I, but I know me. Yeah. I would say yeah. you, I would say, you know, you like okay. com- in comparison to who I am now in 2014, okay. I admire this about you in 2024. I think I know what I would say. What would you say, Michael? Um, I am uh, much more uh, confident and outspoken. And by the way, I met both. I met all three of you exactly 10 years ago in 2014. <gasps> So this is kind of an interesting time period to point out. Oh yeah. You're a whole different human being. Um, yeah. I'm multiple different versions of myself. So I think, I think the primary difference is being able to confidently speak my mind. I think that's, I think that I would say that was the biggest improvement and a compliment that would jump to mind immediately. So greater confidence and greater security in your own opinions. And yeah, not just opinions, but being able to share, like not okay. just sitting able and to listening. Share. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I was much, much quieter back then. So let's start with our young. Oh, we got Dan. Okay. Well, I was just because it's topically related. to Dan. Um, I mean, I would say kind of the same thing. I'm much more open, mm-hmm. self-expressed. I'm a little more chill. Uh, <laughs> Trevor and I, when we first started oh hanging out, oh my God. we, I mean, we had great conversations, but there was also a lot of like awkward pauses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think it would be interesting for like, <laughs> We'd do like a group dinner of all of us and ourselves 10 years ago. That'd be fascinating. Um, <laughs> no, I think really just like, I've really mellowed. And I think I would, I think I would just be like, Oh my God, I can't believe we're doing that. <laughs> like, I think it would just be like, I would, yeah. I think I would, uh, future me would stress past me out. Um, what about, what about you guys? Dan? I think for me it's, and again, you know, 10 years is <laughs> the older you get, the less significant a decade becomes. Yeah. It's yeah. True. That it's seems true. right. You know, cause you, you two are much younger than I am. So 10 years for me is like, Oh yeah, that was like yesterday and a half. 
So I, but I do think that 10 years, it's, it's kind of the opposite. Like, oh wait, I actually don't have to share every goddamn thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's where I'll get by the time I'm yeah. your age. Oh yeah. I've spent a lot of time sharing a fuckload and you know, calm the fuck down. No one needs to know that. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, yes, you're right. And it won't make a difference. Or fine. Start a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I think one of the biggest things I've learned I'm not sure if it's in the last 10 years, but it's comparatively recently. Again, 10 years is a blip for me. It's the idea that just because you're right doesn't mean it's going to make a difference. That's interesting. Like, mm, let's, yeah. like let's say, you know, I have an opinion about your life, Michael. Mm. And even if, so A, I, I could just be wrong. And B, even if I'm right, telling you may not be useful for you. Mm-hmm. And that has been a comparatively recent discovery that being right doesn't necessarily matter. Hmm. Yeah, I get that. I find it fascinating listening to you talk about it because mine is the exact opposite. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, my, my existence was uh, an exercise in people pleasing. Oh, yeah, not Mediation me. and helping people get along, smoothing the ways between people. Um, my need to make other people comfortable in a situation has dropped considerably in favor of of improving my own Mm. situation. And that includes telling people exactly where I stand on. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, I I think as a fat person and as a Brown person, I felt like that was not allowed um, Mm. and strongly discouraged. And when I finally found uh, the ability and whatever it is that takes to understand that my, my take matters. Uh, now I'm willing to throw my take into the teeth of someone who would try and take it away from me mm. in a way that I never would have in the past. Mm. Um, I, to a point where I take an unholy joy in someone <laughs> trying to shut me down because it means I get to play. Nice. You know? um, yeah. So confrontation. That's, confrontation I'm now a confrontational person in a way yeah. I never was. Yeah, I was always confrontational. So dear listener, would you like to give us a compliment from when you were listening to us 10 years ago? <laughs> Trevor, where could they do that? We're on Twitter and Instagram as at Big Fat Gay Pod. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. Leave us five stars there. Leave us five stars on every podcast platform. Yeah. We haven't gotten a, a review in a while. I'd love yeah. to see a new review on, on Apple Podcasts. Um, see the, uh, the support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Big Fat Gay Pod. See the articles we talked about at www.bigfatgaypod.com. Also, send us your Valentine's questions. Valentine's questions, Valentine's stories, Valentine's everything. Maybe you're time traveling and you're you you're in 2034 and you came back to 2024 and you need to warn us about all the wonderful things that are going to be happening (laughs) but we're not but but we're in the middle of a podcast episode so So watch out (laughs) shut up (laughs) 